Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. Okay, so here's what happened. Right. Uh, after we recorded the last podcast, we were so jazzed about talking about sense rights that we decided to immediately watch <laughs> the final two episodes. And then, of course, that means we immediately podcast about it on the couch again. That's it. And, right and here we are. So, yeah, two podcasts in one night. Uh, I guess that's not exactly the laziest thing, but we are pretty excited. Well, yeah. The, it's, uh, um, well, lazy would mean like to not do it at all. That's true. So our the name of our podcast is, you know... Slight misnomer. Yeah. Well, word? Doctor Who is in the title as well. So you got to have Doctor Who in order to have Lazy Doctor Who. So there you go. <laughs> I don't even know what that makes sense. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we watched Kidnap and Kidnap. A Desperate Venture. Did you notice that Kidnap... I only noticed it when I was watching this. Kidnap, uh, the, the titular Kidnap... Mm-hmm. Happened at the end of the episode. The very end. The very end. Well, also when we back in episode three, hidden danger. The hidden danger <clears throat> didn't actually come until the very, very end of the episode either, because I believe that was uh, Ian drank the water, which you know, that's right, was hidden, mm-hmm. um, and he was only affected by it at the very end. That was a cliffhanger. I think that happens kind of a lot in these episodes. A little bit. Mm-hmm. A desperate venture is a very generic title as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hidden Danger, I, I would thought, was kind of a, a almost stupidly generic title. Mm-hmm. But that's all right. What did you uh, What did you think of these final two episodes then? Um, you know, I didn't think I liked them quite as much as the first four. Yeah. Uh, in part because I was... It, I didn't quite follow the motivation of the, uh, of the bad guy for, you know, what he was, what he was doing with it kidnapping and like why did he kidnap her i don't know it's not very clear i think they just needed something to fill that so they decided oh kidnapping i think i think what he was trying to do is sort of kidnap and then sort of um make the humans stop looking around for things basically like trying to divide and conquer Mm -hmm. because maybe he suspected that john and susan would go after the doctor and ian in the aqueducts but then if they thought that Carol is off, oh, I'm back on the ship now. Um, why would that stop them? Maybe they thought, oh, we, why is she going back to the ship? We better go back to the ship now, maybe, or something. I don't know. I mean, the, <clears throat> one of the things that did yeah. get a little bit slow throughout was uh, the monologuing. Well, not even just monologuing, but just the, the chit-chat, chitter-chatter of our, of our bad guy. Yeah. You know, having to explain what he was doing all the time. Which is fine. You know, this is a kid's show. Mm-hmm. And in order to know what he's doing... Like, <clears throat> He had to tell us. Yeah. So that was that was that was fine, but for all of that talking about it, he didn't really explain very well what his motivations were here toward the end. So that was where I fell off a little bit. Ooh, I had to sneeze. Oh boy, a sneeze <coughs> during a. This has never <coughs> happened before. Yep. Because in tight science and all that. Um, um, yeah. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I um. What was I going to say now? Oh, uh, the the villain, the the city administrator slash. Second elder, mm-hmm. which is what he became at the end. I thought it somewhat disappointing that he didn't get his comeuppance on screen. We're sneezing again. <coughs> yes. Who sneezes during podcasts? Um, Usually I mute, but that doesn't work here. We don't have that. We're on the phone. Uh, <laughs> and so that was kind of like, oh, so what happened? Oh, he was bad. And then he was banished to the outer wastes. So they killed the other guy, but they banished this dude. No, did they kill him? They, well, they said they were. They going said to they did, didn't yeah. they? The guy who uh, who, who falsely that. accused the doctor of mm-hmm. uh, of um, 
attacking the the second elder, which I thought I thought very sad actually. The second elder was very the original second elder. Yes, he was all like, "Oh, I just oh, I don't want." He, just, he seemed very forlorn, and then he sacrificed himself to to destroy the um the the little thing, the plunger thing for yep. the uh, disintegrator he, gun. He died nobly. He did, but I thought it was very sad because mm-hmm. you know this 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 whole business probably rocked the sense fear to its core because they're mm-hmm. all very trusting of each other and all of a sudden they had this uh, this internal dispute which at least well may, who knows who knows what actually brought this on was it the poisoning of the water by oh. the humans through all this time mm-hmm. that perhaps was casting doubt in the minds of um, of the sense rights or maybe it just you know nightshade affected you know it killed some of them and others it just kind of you know drove a little bit a little bit crazy adjusted their mm. brains enough to uh i like to i like to think that the humans did more damage than poison the water they cat they cast doubt and fear into the minds of the sensorites enough to perhaps introduce distrust into the society I don't think so because oh. the the first elder and didn't really distrust <clears throat> anybody except no. for humans. Like they all distrusted humans oh, yeah. at the beginning. Oh, not right. all of them. Not all of them, but the, just the fact that one or two like didn't trust the first. I don't elder. think it was distrust. I think it was. I think he was a little bit power hungry, and he, I, I, he seemed true. he just seemed a little cuckoo to me. He really seemed like he was crazy. He just mistrusted humans so much that he was not willing to even look at any evidence to the contrary. True. I I think that he was just a, a wee bit bonkers. You think he was bonkers? Mm-hmm. I thought perhaps that he was... Or perhaps just a mutant of some sort. Most sensorites mm-hmm. are, are not like that. They have a uh, an almost idyllic society. They are kind and peaceful and trusting. And, you know, who knows? Maybe every couple thousand years, you know, one or two... People like that pop up, and they have like a big to do, a big hullabaloo like this. It don't, you don't necessarily need humans to get in in there to to cause trouble, uh, and I then know. you know it, it dies down. I I think it's too much of a coincidence for him to sort of think, uh, yeah, I'm Maybe. now power hungry, and because the humans have been there poisoning the water. I'm 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 just saying it wasn't in the water; it was the. The fact that humans were there at all? The fact that humans were causing this crisis that some sensorites, this is getting deep, um, uh, found doubt in their leadership and therefore a power struggle occurred. One that had, had, would, have, would not have occurred mm-hmm. had the humans not settled on the sensorites. So basically the, the end story is humans suck. Humans are the poison. They are the poison. Ooh. Um, I have to say that uh, some of the um, the the scenes in this, I had to halfway through the episode six, I was looking through my phone to look at the, because a lot of the scenes were very quick, quick cuts between different sets, and I thought this is very intriguing to me. This is something that didn't actually happen in the first four episodes, and I thought perhaps they had recorded it differently, but it wasn't recorded differently. It was a different director, by yeah. the name of Frank Cox, who was a young director at the time. Mm. Um, I always notice these things because Mervyn Pinfield, who was an older guy, but he was very experienced and they thought that he could better handle the more complicated technical aspects of, and the larger sets of the, of the production. And so that's why he was uh, on the first four episodes, but then Frank Cox took over and I thought he did a very good job. 
I yeah. thought I'd point that out. Um, remember when I said keep an ear out for some dialogue said in these last two episodes? Yes, I did notice Susan talking about the uh, the burnt orange sky at night in, in Gallifrey. Although, I mean, we haven't seen Gallifrey's sky Gallifrey's at night at this point, but we've seen it during the day, and it's definitely, it's definitely bright, orange. bright orange during the day, so I guess it would make sense that it's sort of burnt orange at yep. night. It is always orange. It's always been, even in... Um, Invasion of Time, 1978. Mm-hmm. You know, this back in the original series didn't actually adhere too much to its own continuity sometimes, but lo and behold, they did that burnt orange sky. A throwaway line in The Censorites, written by Peter R. Newman, a person who um, was almost a mystery. There's, a, there's an extra on the DVD here that actually won an award. It's a documentary called Searching for Peter. It's uh, Toby Haydock uh, put it on, where he was looking to find out who was Peter R. Newman, hmm. because he was a mystery. He didn't, like, write much at all, never wrote much or anything after this, and nobody actually knew what happened to him. So he eventually tracked down, like, his his uh, his family members mm-hmm. and found out what happened to him and everything and, and what his life was like before. It was, it was a very interesting documentary, and it's oh. an interesting snapshot into um, into the uh, the writing of this episode. Wow. Yeah. Perhaps I will watch that at some point if I ever get around to watching Bam. <laughs> if you ever think to watching Bam, yeah. the second time through Lazy Doctor Who will just be the, uh, yeah, the, we'll the DVD Bam. extras. Yeah. Sure. Um, what about in the TV movie? The Doctor talks about lying out on Gallifrey with his father and looking at full the sky. Of stars or I thought he or... said the sky was green in that, but maybe I'm no, remembering no, that wrong. No, no, he didn't say green. I don't remember ever saying no. Okay. No, full of lights or full of. Something. Okay. Yeah. If you say so. Yeah. I remember the scene that you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was shot in Vancouver. Um, what else about this? Um, cloak, uh, crazy guy. That's true. This is where the doctor gets his cloak, which, you know, I feel like I've seen in, in pictures at least. Yeah. He's still wearing it at the end. You know, he wears it on the TARDIS. I picture the, the, te- the, the first doctor in a black cloak quite a bit, and this is, the, he was presented to him. Um, by the uh, the elder, the mm-hmm. first elder of the Censorites. That's right. Mm-hmm. The leader of the planet. Now that I think about it, well, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to spoil. I do. I do remember seeing him wear this in a future story, actually. Okay. So that that is indeed wow, cool. Costume continuity. Costume continuity. Yeah. What did you think about the? Uh, I don't know. If I, I don't. I hope you don't want me jumping to the end. We don't. No, that's that fine. Um, about the abrupt. Little cliffhanger there. Ugh. That's she's a doctor. I'm angry. Yeah, you were. You had a frowny face on. The I end. had. Yeah. It was such a grumpy frowny face. Yeah. There's not an emoticon grumpy enough to show mm-hmm. you how grumpy I was at the end there. So Ian makes a little crack about the fact that at least they know where they're going. Well, yeah. They don't know where they're going. That's yeah. part of the problem. Why should the doctor... And then and then he goes on to say, and, you know, wherever we end up next, yeah. I'm putting you off the TARDIS. Well, <laughs> the phrase, wherever we end up next, or what, exactly whatever he said, <laughs> implies that, no, he doesn't know where they're going. Yeah. So we had this one lovely story, mm-hmm. six episodes long, of me really enjoying the doctor and just like, you know, team TARDIS, I like it. And then suddenly he turns on a dime and like is Mr. Super Grump again, which actually makes me hate him even more than I did before this story because, you know, it's one thing to just be kind of a, a grumpy, petulant guy. It's another thing to be the kind of person who swings back and forth and has those crazy mood swings, which, eh. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, third doctor, sixth doctor stuff. No good. If you'll allow me to put my Doyleist hat on again. Go ahead. Uh, I think it was just, it. you know, as, you, as you've witnessed the um, each story, I mean, yes, there are stories in, in, in you know, Sensor has a six-part story and everything like that. But week to week, it leads into each other, even right. between stories. Mm-hmm. And this is a, just a very ham-fisted way of creating a some tension and a cliffhanger leading into the next episode. Super duper ham-fisted. Very ham-fisted. Yeah. No, Written like... by a bun vendor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. There we are. Yeah. yeah. But I still, I still, I liked, oh, until we got to that point, I, mm-hmm. I still quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I felt like it, it wrapped up a little bit. I don't know. I was, I was less interested once we got to the humans underground. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it was neat that, like, I, I kind of wondered what had happened to them and, um, the idea that they had been under there and doing this on purpose all the time, it made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it came together all right. Yeah, that's all right. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, though. The, the first few episodes are, are more interesting and, and exciting intense. and mm-hmm. intense. And it's odd how the, uh, yeah, uh, the, uh, the, the first elder, the villain of the piece, kind of his role gets diminished as the, uh, mm-hmm. as the episode goes along. I do like seeing him and Barbara interact, though. It's nice to see. I don't know. I just like the way that they communicate with each other. Yeah, Barbara sort of shows up, um, and she's just sort of there after her holiday. And mm, takes control. She does. She totally takes control. Yeah, mm-hmm. talking to the sensorized as if she knew them. And um, then she's the one that comes up with the idea to try to use their mind speaking device mm-hmm. to be able to communicate with Susan, which is actually a really slick idea. Yep. Um, so Susan's able to guide them around as as long as they need it, and that works. Um, so that was kind of cool. And I like that. You know, it's it's neat that Susan has a, a little touch of this, you know, sensitive mind telepathy thing, but that they also explain at the end that she won't be able to use it anywhere else. Yeah, so that's kind of nice. Which was kind of a factor for Carol Ann Ford leaving the show because the the telepathic thing um, was actually written into the original character description that she would sort of have oh. this otherworldly ability, and they didn't really ever pick up on that until here until this very episode. So I wonder if Peter R. Newman sort of read the initial um, oh, could concept be. and sort of mm-hmm. like thought that in, and maybe they corrected it on the way. I'm not too sure. But, um, and then yeah. at the end they're like, um, we don't want that to be a thing, so <laughs> yeah. we're going to write a line that explains it away forever. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. We just watched an entire six-part story in one night. We sure did. I didn't think that would happen on this podcast. Oh, and you know what wasn't in this? What's that? Wasn't in the, any of these six parts? Right. A long, boring fight scene. <laughs> That's very true. Super excited. I was expecting when uh, when the Doctor and Ian were in the aqueduct, I was expecting them to run into the humans, and then the humans show up with their, right. their big sharpened pointy yes, sticks big and I was like pencils, oh, uh, we are going to have to sit through a fight scene between Ian and one or both of these guys and it's going to be so boring and that didn't happen they just went and they sat down and they talked to this you know mm-hmm. crazy completely off his rocker guy and, yep. and then came out and one of them got stunned very quickly and fell down and yeah that was it the only thing I worry about is if the crazy guys once they get back to earth somehow manage to convince people back on earth that there really is this precious material molybdenum molybdenum thank you i couldn't think of the name of it um um on the sense sphere mm-hmm. that you know will earth come back and 
you know, the sensor rights are just like, I, are. I was thinking if you had some <laughs> sort of a, say, collectible card game or something, yeah. the sensor right cards would be the worst cards be in the deck yeah. because you can yell at them and they will like fall down basically and they can't <laughs> handle bright light. So just all you need is a flashlight and... No, no, no. They can't handle dark. Or dark. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So all you need is to be able to turn off the light and, uh, you know, just shout or, you know, with a bullhorn, you'd uh. be invincible against a whole city. You know, honestly, uh, with uh, some of the lighting in the 1980s, Doctor Who being so bright, I thought that was ripe for return for the sense rights because at least you could explain why all the oh, sets were so, so bright. Because <laughs> the sense rights needed it in order to live. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if the, if, if the Earth folks ever came back, mm-hmm. um, the sense sphere would be screwed. I hope they didn't do that. I hope perhaps the people who went back mm-hmm. to Earth... Decided, you know what, let's just best yeah, I'm stay sure away. Because they do have powers. They have the mental powers. Right. Well, I'm thinking that, that after after this all, they healed up John. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm guessing that, that they didn't say this, but John, my headcanon, John and Carol and um, Maitland, Maitland uh, all decided to just, you know, burn up the uh, the spectrograph or whatever it was, the, the readout yeah. that had that on there, and, you know, get rid of that and just say, yeah, there's nothing worthwhile on this planet. You know, we got stuck there for a while. Make up some story. Yeah. Um, just so that nobody would, would go back. I like to think that happened, too. They seem like mm-hmm. good folk. But then in the, you know, the crazy guys will be telling a different story. But they are well, very clearly insane. They so. are being taken back to, for trial mm-hmm. or perhaps turning, you know, thrown into a space asylum. Space Asylum, I like that. Yeah, which one of did, did you hear the first episode where the doctor says, or second episode, you know, let go, let these space people go. He called them space, space people. people. He called them space people. Uh, speaking of language, I mentioned yeah. uh, during the uh, during the show, uh, Barbara, when she's looking at the map that has been tampered with, she said, oh, but look, it's all screwed up. I didn't realize that the phrase screwed up had been in use for that long. Yeah, that was it's interesting. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like that was more modern dialogue, modern parlance, but nope, that. That one's been around for a long time. Yeah. Neat. Or perhaps coined in Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's not the case. Probably not the case at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, next up is a story that I have never really paid much attention to, and I've only ever seen like two or three times. Uh, the Reign only, of Terror. Only two or three. That's uh, listen. That is because I grew I grew up watching like pretty much from 1985 to 1990. Two or three is when I pretty much did all my mainlining of Doctor Who, and I watched all the episodes. And then after that, I started c- collecting the um, VHS releases of the missing episodes. Mm-hmm. And The Reign of Terror only came out, I think, in the late 90s, I think is when I picked it up anyway. And I did only watch like maybe once or twice, and then the DVD came out. Um, and so I've seen it twice since then. So I have not seen this story very much at all. So this will be kind of a new experience for both of us. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, this was this was I'm pretty sure 100 percent new to me. I don't remember this at all. No. Um, That's and, awesome. Yeah. I don't I don't have any memories of seeing the Reign of Terror. Then again, I thought I hadn't seen the Keys of Marinus, and my mom was like, "Yeah, you probably did." Mm-hmm. So who knows? Ask your mom. <laughs> you should not ask her. Ask your mom if you saw the Censorites. Mm-hmm. And then the Reign of Terror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll find out. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's good, right? Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, after six episodes, yeah, yeah, we should probably go to bed. It's about midnight. Yeah. All right, then. Okay. Good night. Bye.